Welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa Caprio. Do you believe in magic? What if you were told that all you had to do was get a little creative and work a magic spell to bring anything you can imagine into your life? Here on Postcards to the Universe, we will share manifesting, tips, postcards, creativity, abundance, and prosperity. Here is your host, Melissa Caprio. Hey guys, and welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. How are you guys doing on this Wednesday? I hope everyone who's listening to me is doing well. Um, Love Wednesdays, love doing my show, and today I have another great show for you. For being with me each week. And if you're new to my show and you're listening for the first time, I want to say welcome. Thank you so much. And I hope you keep coming back. And just a little information for you. You can always catch a show on replay on Ohm Times Radio. And I also upload the show on my website, postcards to the universe.com. So you can always catch the shows if you can't come live. And a little bit about me, um, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I am also an author and an artist myself. I'm a photographer. I have a book. It's titled Postcards to the Universe, Harness the Universe's Power and Manifest Your Dreams. And I feature 30 manifesting postcards in my book, and postcard, a manifesting postcard is kind of like a little mini vision board, a little mini vision board. So instead of doing like a whole life theme, you kind of like focus down on one area of your life and where you want to manifest. Um, you know, like if you want more money, better health, uh, romance, friendships, whatever it is that you are wanting. So if you're interested, and I hope you are, you can find my book, Barnes & Noble, on Amazon.com, or if you're um, your local bookstore, just ask them if they don't have it in stock, and they will bring it for you. They'll get it for you. And I just wanted to share, too, that I just started doing something. Um, I'm doing live readings from my book, so you can catch those on TikTok, Instagram, and also I'm sharing them on LinkedIn. So if you go to Postcards to the Universe, you can follow along if you like. And each week I ask people to keep sending me a manifesting postcard. You can find out about how to create one if you go to my website, postcardstotheuniverse.com. I tell you how to create one, how to set the space, uh, the address and what to send it. So please, if you do do that, let me know. I love getting them. It's very, very exciting for me. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I just got a message the other day that somebody is making one and sending it to me. So I'm so excited. So just let me know. And if you sign up for my Join My Movement, I do not um, spam people. I do not blast a lot of newsletters. Every once in a while, you'll get something from me, a nice little message. But if you do sign up, I have some free gifts for you. So check it out. If you like Facebook, I have a group called Postcards of Love. It's public. All we share is fun, inspirational stuff. So it's very light, very like feel good kind of stuff. So check me out over there. Um, I have been sharing probably for a little bit of over a month now. I'm doing a continuous workshop on Thursday evenings. It's a gratitude workshop and it's called Manifesting Through Gratitude, a Visual Journey. It runs Thursday evenings, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's a five weeks from beginning to end. 
and I recycle the course as it goes. And it's talk, we talk about manifesting using gratitude, being grateful for the things that we already have in our life so that we can bring in more of those things, right? That's what we want to do. We want to bring more abundance in our life. But the difference with my workshop is we're going to be using our camera phones as part of our tools for manifesting. So we're going to be using that as an accessory, and it's a really strong way to manifest. So I break the course up in the major life themes. We are going to be focusing on our worthiness. We're going to be focusing on our uh, relationships, romance, and relationships with friends and family and coworkers. We're going to be focusing on our health and wellness. And of course, money, our money story, we're going to be focusing on all of that. And it's very interactive. Every week we'd be making a manifesting postcard. Um, it's online, so you can be doing it in your pajamas from your home, in the comfort of your home, with a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or whatever you want. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. And if you want to find out more about those and to register, you can go to um, my website again, postcardstotheuniverse.com, and there's a there's a link that takes you to the workshops, and the workshop is being hosted on Find Uniquely You, the letter U.com forward slash Melissa Caprio. So yeah, please come and check it out. And at the end of the course, you're going to have a beautiful visual gratitude journal, which are really powerful. So when I mentioned earlier that I was doing live readings, since there are 30 manifesting stories and postcards in my book, what I'm doing now is I always share what I call a magical message. I post them on my social media. It's an image of a manifesting postcard. I photograph it with the person's message. And I'm re-photographing because I'm doing the readings with the book. So they're sort of going side by side. I'm re-photographing the postcards that were in the book. And I realized how much better I've gotten since the book has been released. I'm like, wow. And it's really fun to kind of reinterpret them. So this week's is um, There is Beauty in the Breakdown. And this is one of my contributors. Her name is Eliza. It's her story and it's her postcard. And her story was about letting go of an old love so that she can embrace her new love. So, of course, you either have to listen to my readings or buy the book to find out what her story is. But that's what this week's message is There is Beauty in the Breakdown. Okay, so now I'm excited to talk to my guest today, Marie Antoinette Kelly. So she is an award-winning artist who has done hundreds of commissioned portraits, as well as the art for the Angel Quest Oracle. She has appeared on dozens of TV, radio, and podcast shows and has been published in such magazines as Edge and Authority. Danny's Day in Heaven is a wonderful gift for anyone who has ever asked or had to answer the all-important question, what happens when we die? This beautifully illustrated children's book follows a young boy through his near-death experience to heaven and back. A happy ending helps to open the conversation between children and adults about what happens when we die. Danny is like any other kid on the beach. He wants to have fun, though he's a bit of a bully. While he's surfing the waves one day, a storm rolls in, catching him by surprise. 
The water pulls him under, and Danny finds himself going through a tunnel of colors and light, appearing in a radiant world with unexpected friends. What he discovers, who he meets, and the lessons he learns before returning to Earth will ease children's fears and give hope to readers both young and old about life after death. So if you want to find out more about it, you can... um, check out uh, Marie Antoinette's website and more about Danny's Day in Heaven, go to make, M-A-K, fineart.com. It's M-A-K-F-I-N-E-A-R-T.com. Welcome, Marie Antoinette. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Melissa. Thank you for the introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God, I love the book so much, and I love your artwork. As a fellow artist, I love the drawings. They're just beautiful, and it really helps tell the story. Um, And I think it's. Yeah, I really think um, it's a great book for kids because it leaves you feeling very comforted after the story, right, about what does happen when we die. So, okay, you're the author and the illustrator, and it's just amazing that you put it together, and you're talking about an NDE experience, which is near-death experience. And so what made you interested in creating the story and writing the story? Well, I suppose there's a lot of ways to answer that because there's so many angles of my life that feed into I'm that sure. story. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Right? Suppose, the, the main drive for it is that, you know, I was a child who was really afraid of death. And so that stuck with me all, all you know, through my life. And over the years, after I grew up as an adult, I started to find answers, you know, near-death stories and, and what really happens when we die. And I kept thinking, you know, I had my own kids along the way, and I kept thinking, we need to share this information with kids so they don't have to have that fear that I had and be left in the dark. Because I, I felt as a child, you know, it was earlier, and now there's a lot of information out there. And probably there are quite a few parents who share the information that they've learned as grown-ups with their kids. But there isn't anything official for children that really helps them face the questions that are on their minds that I had as a kid. And, and that was one of my passions, to get that out. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there are many books out there um, for adults on NDEs. Yeah. And I know this book is loosely um, adapted from... Another author, and this person actually experienced an NDE. Was it da- is it Danian Brinkley? Danian, da- yeah, Danian okay. Brinkley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had his, he's one of uh, a person with one of the most complete near death experiences on record. He himself was dead for thirty two minutes, and that wow. was in nineteen seventy five, I believe. So it was in the early days of when this phenomenon was first documented, and people would actually begin telling these stories. And of course, with all the medical advances, more people have had the chance. Um, to, you know, die and be resuscitated. And in fact, I was um, also in that situation later on in my life, but that doesn't really come into play in this story. His story was um, so compelling to me. I found his story in the 90s, and I suppose it's all days me, but <laughs> that's when I was first, um, you know, growing up and, and coming out of that phase where I really, you know, was dependent as a child on other people's insights, and I started to find my own. And so his story was one of the first that touched my heart of, of a first-hand account, empirical evidence, yes, we don't die, we do live on. And it took it from, you know, philosophy or religion, which is, of course, you know, present in most of our lives in some way or another, 
the real evidence, a person really touching the other side and saying, this is what happened to me. And ah, that hit home so beautifully. And I felt such comfort from it. And that's actually when the first thought came to me that here was the story that I wanted to tell for children. So it wasn't, again, you know, secondhand or thirdhand, but firsthand experience for children that they could see what happens when, when, when we die. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said that you were scared of it because as a young girl myself, I was scared too. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, Catholic is my background. I'm not really very religious person. I'm more of a spiritual person. And I remember being terrified yeah. Of, yeah, exactly. of, of purgatory because I couldn't <laughs> understand what would get you into purgatory because it was like so like, God, you could like look at somebody the wrong way. Does that mean I'm going to be in a void for the rest <laughs> of my life, right? It's terrifying to kids. So, yeah. so this is really comforting because, um, you know, at the end of the book, there is a message and we'll get to that in a little bit, you yeah. know, the, the message at the end of the book. But but how do you think parents um, can, you know, use your book to explain about death for the first time? I mean, do you have you did you do a lot of research for the book, talking to parents with young children, you know, maybe that have had these kind of experiences and and before you created the book? Well, I yes and no. I mean, obviously, the book has been since I first thought of this idea in the nineties. It's been a while in the making, and okay. you know, I was able to raise my own kids in that time period, and just my own personal experience, but also my natural interest is in spirituality and and you know self help and psychology. And so, yes, I have done the research. I have read a lot of uh, material on it, but mostly I've also lived it and raised my kids with it. And I felt it's very natural for all of us because I do believe that. You know, spirit is the other side of matter. It's the two sides mm-hmm. of the same coin, and every one of us has a spiritual nature. And it, it's up to us how we, you know, develop it and how we invest in it. But I would say nine out of ten kids have some sort of question about, you know, mm-hmm. the spiritual meaning of what happens. And, and um, you know, they try and make sense of it through their religion, like you and I being raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And it was the right. same for me because I see now that I have a natural intuitive personality and and, you know, a lot of spiritual communication happening. But back then, I tried to fit that into this model that I was living within. And, of course, I left so many questions unanswered. And I think it's that, that um, you know, not having real answers that added up, that left death being equated as a black hole that gobbled people up because you don't know with, with actual confidence that this is what happens. And so philosophy isn't so interesting to kids. More real-life mm-hmm. experiences is. And so... Um, when I started getting these answers, I naturally raised my kids with these answers, and it became such mm-hmm. second nature for them to have context for spirit being the other side of our material, you know, our physical existence. And so that continuum really um, was the natural part of their lives. And so when I started reading Daniel's story and then other people's stories, the mm-hmm. whole thing bubbled down to like some fundamental ingredients that happen when we die. And I I wrote about those in this book, you know, through a story and adventure of Danny, who is modeled as a child version of Daniel Brinkley. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so I took some liberties with his story because he, for example, 
I've had his near-death experience through a lightning strike. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, I couldn't take that literally because a child can't recover in 32 pages from a lightning strike. <laughs> right, and of so course. that would have been a little bit difficult. So I had to make an adaptation in that case, you know, make him, you know, face death through drowning so he could be resuscitated. And what happens to him, though, in the dying experience is modeled after Daniel's experience as well as other people that have documented their near-death experience and so it includes things like you know the tunnel the the coming to the other side which is just unconditional love and light and meeting a a guide of your own and then having your life review and meeting um, loved ones who have passed on already those are really common elements and you know researchers who have studied this from an official scientific um, phenomenon have found these common elements are independent of religion or cultural background. So it isn't mm-hmm. that you have to believe a certain way to expect this part of you know death to be true for you. So those are the right. kind of elements that I highlighted in this book so that we can give a foundation to our kids rather than tell them how to believe or what to think. We just give right. them the elements so that parents who then introduce this book, I think that was your question, how do you as a parent Mm -hmm. um, handle this book, they can take this as the fundamentals of, you know, dying or death, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. add their philosophy or add their spiritual beliefs or their religion, and and Mm -hmm. fit that within it, because there is an obvious subjective element to spirit, because it's very personal to each and every one of us, and where our hearts are, and Mm -hmm. that element is for people to um, include themselves. Mm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you that about um, people from different religions and cultures of having similar experiences, um, you know, from the documented experiences of people that have had NDEs, you know, the traveling through the Mm -hmm. light and the meeting the guides and the unconditional love. So that's really, really interesting that that's kind of um, a common theme for all the different people from all the different walks of, you know, life Isn't having it? those. Yeah, it really, so really cool. is. It is yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's I know that, to verify for us, you know, because life yeah. has gotten so existential and there's so much mm-hmm. dread among the kids. Like, what do they believe in and where does it all, how does it matter? And I feel this is kind of like the coat rack and they can hang their own little elements on it, you know, because mm-hmm. there is a truth to spirit and there is, you know, a base experience that we all have that we will then fill the details in based on how we have, you know, used mm-hmm. our consciousness and our own choices, like whether we are Hindu or Buddhist or Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. the afterlife will shape according with the unconditional love and support from the spiritual realm. It'll shape according to where we have, explored and where we have invested our consciousness but the main steps are there and so for this book i use danian's um Mm -hmm. main idea Mm, yeah now let me ask you going off of that have you had any pushback from people do do some people find it um you know because there's always those people there's always those people out there right Uh so they've said like you shouldn't be talking about this with children you know that kind of right No, I have not had that kind of pushback. The overwhelming majority of the feedback has been what a godsend to have this story so that Mm. we can lay the foundation and begin the discussion. It has been a little bit in the the pre-publishing phase that was making me chuckle because, you know, the basic idea, for example, is also a Danian experience. Like, let me let me tell you why. Because okay. Daniel was a self-described bad guy. He was in the army at the time. He had mm-hmm. his near-death experience, and he grew up in the Bible Belt. And he says mm-hmm. he was anything but religious. And he, anybody, right. he says, 
should have gone to hell, it would have been him because of how he had spent his life. And he himself found himself on the side of love and light. And he was being made to discover how much potential his heart had to love and how much spiritual power he had that he wasn't tapping into. So when he came back with that message, his whole life changed. And so I took that element in this book and I made Daniel. Danny, little Danny, and that's why he's a bully in the book, because right. it, it's taking you away from the idea that you earn access to heaven and that you have to be a, you know, a do-goody or live by a straight yeah. code of conduct that fits into a religious perspective, but it's more about the quality of your heart and your spiritual nature. And so um, it's so funny because some people were really um, disappointed, like the traditional Christian mm-hmm. perspective is like, well, that's at odds with that because there is a certain code of right. conduct that they right. want to follow in order to get there. And then there was people who read it and they said, you know, this is too Christian of a book because it said you can get into a place of good. And I was like, you know, you can't <laughs> everybody. You can't. And it's not about that. It's not about pleasing right. people. It's really, I think the fundamental nature of spirit is definitely shining through the book. There is a truth to the spiritual mm-hmm. dimension that's undeniable and it is made of unconditional love. And when you get there, you don't necessarily get there through being a good person. But but if you activate your heart and your spiritual power, you will find that. And if you haven't yet, you will find that. And either way, you come back. Most people that have had a near-death experience come back with the knowing of what they're capable of and what the power of love really means and how they want to create with that. And that's definitely coming through with this book. Oh, for sure. Well, I love that you made Danny a bully, actually. I was happy that he was a bully because part of Danny's journey is seeing how his bullying affected the other people around him. And what he got from it was he was still loved regardless of the fact that he was a bully or not. And it made him want to be better when he returned to Earth. He didn't want to be that anymore. And that, I think, is a perfect profound message for all of us, but especially for children, right? Especially for them yes, who I are go mm-hmm. either either are being bullied or or are a bully themselves. I mean, what a lesson for them. Like even yeah. if you are doing this because I can't imagine a kid, even if they are a bully, do not feel some sense of shame inside themselves because you can't like yourself if you're a bully. You just can't, right? You don't, you don't love yourself. You don't like yourself. So just knowing yeah. that there's still a place for you on the other side, yeah, right? Thank you for, <laughs> right. Thank you for pointing that out because I totally agree. I feel that this book is meant to empower anybody who has the, the interest in reading it because right. it's like... If you are a bully, yes, there's a reason why you're hurting inside. And right. Now, most of that is an external reason. Either conditions in your life haven't been favorable or people have been mean to you yourself. Mm-hmm. Finding right. the power of your heart and your power to spiritual, your spiritual power to create physically while you're here alive um, mm-hmm. could turn that around. And people that already have a loving heart could just take it to the next level, you know, and I feel right. that they could see the effect that even a bully has on people and deserves a second chance. And obviously it's not even about deserving a second chance. In that sense, it does get away from the traditional Christian message right. because um, it's, it's discovering the true nature of your being. And, and right. that's what most people come back with in one form or another who have had documented near-death experiences. They discover the true nature of themselves. And it was never the, the repressed or or a limited mm-hmm. vision they had of themselves while they were just physical beings. There's something mm-hmm. so much more profound in their hearts and in their being that they access and then bring back. And so I'm now doing that through a kid's eye. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're doing that through through a child's eye. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um what is really also um is I love about the book is your artwork. And <laughs> yeah, so your artwork, um, how does, I'll just ask you the question. So how does your artwork connect to the message in the book? Because your artwork tells its own story, even without reading the words, oh, you can kind of get the story, right? Good. <laughs> it's so funny because that's been such a long journey because, you know, my mm-hmm. mind was ready for this story and then the rest mm-hmm. of my whole person had to catch up to the rest of it. And I think it was a lot of spiritual growth for myself with this book because, um, in when I first had this idea, I was just becoming aware that I could be an artist. And it all happened because my neighbor moved. I was actually on a track for science and becoming a medical doctor. And, and my, then I had my kids, and I put it all on hold, and it started that bold quest of, like, what should I do? And in that phase, this book came through. And, and so um, my neighbor then moved, and she had a video cassette that said, yes, you can draw. And she goes, hey, would you like to share that with your kids? You could all study it together because uh, you're mm-hmm. homeschool. And I was like... Oh my gosh, I remember I used to draw when I was a teen and that's the the hint. That was like a clue from heaven, you know, that mm-hmm. that told me to pick up a pen and I started picking up and I and out came these portraits and it was so funny because I remember now my name is Marie Antoinette and I remember my first website at that time said, Here I am, Marie Antoinette drawing nothing but heads. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> The universe has such a sense of humor, you know, but, but anyway, so long story short, I evolved through my artwork. And so there's several renditions of this, but the mm-hmm. main question that nagged me through all of it, because writing for children makes you really take accountability that you are honest and sincere and true. Mm-hmm. So you don't feed them something that, you know, you say is going to help in their fears, but it isn't really, um, you know, solid. I was really committed to making it a solid message of truth. And then I had this, this, overwhelming um, nagging problem inside of me like I haven't been to the other side officially in the same way that all these people had near-death experiences have and how right. do I know and you know I started wondering and that was a really good question turned out to be a really good question because of overall the, the asking and growing I realized it isn't the literal mind that goes to the other side it isn't the rational facts of us that need to right. have okay this is what buildings look like this is what people look like but it's obviously a world of vibration and frequency. And so what I then learned is that I had to capture the feeling of heaven and the love of heaven and the bright, mm-hmm. abundant potential of all those energies. And that's what I ended up uh, painting into the picture. So it isn't that I'm telling you what heaven looks like. It's that right. I'm showing with the artwork what it would feel like. And and hopefully yeah. that then prompts the, the reader to feel that and then spark their own inquiry and their own memories and then they have their connection to take it from there. Yeah. Well, you accomplished that, so I have to say. Thanks. It's just living at the work alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, just looking oh, at the good. rainbows and the way the oh, rainbow, good. like, was behind them when the she mm-hmm. sees his dog. I can't, we'll get more into it when we come back. I just looked at the time, so let's take our break here, okay. and then we'll talk okay. more about that when we come back. So everybody stay tuned, okay. and I'll be back in just a few minutes with Marie Antoinette talking about more of this wonderful, wonderful book, Danny's Day in Heaven. Stay tuned and we'll be back. All right. So we're talking about um, your artwork connecting to the message um, in the book. And I mean, obviously, you guys have to buy the book to read the book to see what I'm talking about. But, But it's how you would 
picture, I mean, at least for me, being an artist, especially with the color and everything, it's how I would picture, especially from a child's perspective of what it would look like, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. With the bright yeah. colors and the rainbows and the heavens. And I loved that Danny gets to see his beloved dog who comes yeah, running up to him. Nice. Yeah. You and know, so it was so healing for me, the message that you never lose who or what you love. Because that's the nature of spirit, and you come back together, right. and that is so empowering. Because that is the whole foundation of our grief and our loss: is that they're gone, we've lost them, and we only can remember them. And that turns out to be not true. There's not just memory from the past; there's uh, anticipation right. of the future, and that's really, really healing for most people. Oh my God! Yeah, well, that you knowing mm-hmm. that your loved ones are not lost to you forever. They're you're going right. to be reunited, right? And yeah. it's just like such a comforting message. And I imagine for children, it must be really comforting because it is scary for all of us imagining losing our loved ones. I lost my sister last year, you know, and um, it's yeah. been very okay. hard. But I have a yeah. strong belief and knowing yeah. that we're going to be reunited again. So I yeah. don't have that added extra, I'm never going to see her again. You know, I know well, I'll see her again. Well, and there's even another level. Mm-hmm. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to just think after we die, we get to go back, because that's another subtler um, theme for me with this book, is that my hope is that children who are very naturally very intuitive, because their rational mind is still just waking up when they're teenagers. And so, so many children have spiritual gifts and connection with yes. people from the other side. And so now having a more natural context for that so that they can share that whole idea with their loved ones would possibly, right. you know, enhance these connections so that you wouldn't, for example, have to wait to connect with your sister until you are yourself on the other right. side. But there's little yeah. moments and glimmers in between. And that, that actually brings me to a story because, you know, your show is both from from universe and Mm-hmm. I have a painting called Postcards from Heaven, and mm-hmm. that is one of the main, one of the really uh, influential paintings for me in my journey to solidly mm-hmm. coming to terms with the reality of the other side, not through other people's stories, but through my own. Mm-hmm. And it was from a, do, is it okay if I tell that story? Absolutely. Right oh, okay. yeah, please. Okay, no, tell the story. Okay. I love these stories. They're my favorite because I get messages yeah. from my sister all the time. Like, she's always doing oh, stuff. Yeah. So I know we're still connected. So, yeah, please share your story. And that's the whole idea because I know how natural it is. And that, you know, also mm-hmm. with me having been raised without real answers, and it became kind of like a, an us and them thing or perhaps or maybe. And it, it's really, once you get past that and understand it's the other side of ourselves, it's so natural to let that be part of your life without a big hullabaloo. And so mm-hmm. as I went through that internal training myself, you know, I was struggling with these images over the course of the years and how I was going to capture that feeling. And I felt like I needed to really get it from, you know, some, some firsthand feedback from the other side. Well, mm-hmm. I, was, I do mostly portraits, and I paint portraits of people, and it turns out that it's really easy for me to capture them one day. I've already passed away, probably mm-hmm. because the ego mm-hmm. is no longer interfering and their own personal you know, mm-hmm. uh, inhibitions yeah. aren't really part of their, their own um, energy field anymore, which is what I tune yeah. into when I paint them. So this person, all of a sudden, uh, I had friends. They lived um, a door down from me and then for eight, they had moved to Col- Colorado and eight years for eight years I hadn't spoken to them at all or you know mm-hmm. lost complete touch with them and then I heard through the grapevine that he had died and that she was mm-hmm. left behind this is a couple and so I felt 
you know, all of a sudden this really warm nostalgic feeling in my head, like, oh, I used to know them so well. I love that um, they are such cool people. I need to paint them. And it became like this push inside my I need to paint him. Mm-hmm. I need to paint. So I, and I, I felt compelled to paint his portrait for his memorial service. So I went online and I found a photo and I made it as a surprise for his wife. And so, um, as I sat down, I felt really guided to pick meticulously for the first time over my art career and my, when my own skills were about evolving. I picked an entire palette of colors before I even started. And, and it was also harmonious and precise. And I realized, gosh, that's, you know, Stephen, the man that, that I ended up painting. And he was mm-hmm. so much like that. And I started to realize that he was very much influencing me, you know, with his painting. So he spilled yes. out of my fingers. I came up with a beautiful portrait. I was really moved by it. There was a lot of, oh. you know, internal um, um, guidance from, you know, I felt from him in terms of yeah. color and, and just the energy of it. And I felt like at night when I would go to sleep while I was working on this portrait that I could come with him to travel through the, you know, different dimensions right. on the other side and I and I see him with his wife and I remember distinct the impression feeling like oh I don't want to come because it's for you to show your wife I don't belong in that in that um, mystery mm-hmm. with the two of you so that's the kind of my inner my inner communications which is really just still my personal way of relating to the portrait but then mm-hmm. when the portrait was finished I sent it to his wife and um, for the memorial and it was a surprise to her so of course it brought her to tears because it was so um, right. and meaningful but then this is where it really hit the clincher she goes oh my gosh she goes this is my postcard from heaven because Stephen was dying from cancer mm. and he had gotten closer to the end you know consciously knowing he was going to pass and even though he had been very spiritually minded as he got closer he started to doubt it all was it just philosophy was it just wishful thinking and so they had made a pact together and they had said you know should you find that you are still alive on the other side and it isn't blackout please send me a postcard. And this is what he had done. He had found out. And so I didn't know anything about it because they lived, you know, 10 hours away from me. Mm -hmm. And so um, he had found me available for that postcard. And I was like, why am I so feeling so much pressure to paint him? And she put it all in a row. She goes, that's why he he committed to sending me a postcard. And that was the beginning of really a cool breakthrough because then I knew I was actually part of a really profound spiritual communication between two people that didn't even live near me that I had no knowledge of um, their conversations with. And and I got used to that. And that was the beginning of me paying close attention to my internal experiences when I draw, when I paint, because, you know, you draw from the right brain and you get so intuitive when I, or I do when I, when I paint. And um, mm-hmm. That was the beginning of me really understanding how much communication happens from the spiritual dimension that we tend to dismiss or rationalize or want explanations for, but it's really part of our lives all the time. And that's kind of what I am hoping as a secondary message, besides just mm-hmm. what happens when we die, to establish mm-hmm. in children that heaven is a, a real place, it's a real spiritual um vibration and, and realm mm-hmm. that we weave into our lives and it's not out there somewhere at some point in time but it's here now and constantly supporting us yeah so it's almost like you're channeling without actually knowing that you're channeling from the spirit yeah. right as you're painting yeah. because mm-hmm. you get into that energetic space you're a vibrational yeah. match you're open to and receiving and you get out of your own way because that's what yeah. always happens to us we are always in our yeah. own way in our own head right. in our own ego right so yeah. yeah no i love that i love that that happens i believe in that wholeheartedly 
weirdly, I think we get messages all the time from heaven or the universe yeah. or whatever people want to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in that. So I totally resonate with that, that story. And what yeah. a gift, what a gift Thank to his you. wife. I mean, that is just, it was, it was, super, mm -hmm. it was a gift for all of us because for me, it was a gift, especially since I started with, you know, being afraid in the first part of my life. And right. then I started being a science student, having a clamped down rational mind. So it was all very liberating to realize the natural place of it all. It was very healing for all of us. You know, for them in a different way than for me, but it was it was healing for all of us because it's yeah. continued to happen with other people. And so I've got a lot of those stories now. And they gave me the confidence to write this book to say, children, really, it is inevitable. You're going to find out if you keep that voice alive and you just mm -hmm. remember the feeling of heaven, the feeling of connectedness, the feeling of inspiration and of intuition and then yeah. that finds a place in your life. And then that existentialism that you know, teenagers are so plagued by and that the, yeah. the, the rat race starts taking over, that won't have a grip. That's my wish. That won't have the same grip on people. They can have that flow. Yeah. 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 Um, have you, when did your book, when was your book released? What was the? Uh, just a couple, just this June. Yeah, just so this past recently. June. Yeah. Okay. Have you um, had any feedback from any parents yet who have read these the story to their own children? I know we're early. Yeah. We're only in, we're yeah, only in September, we're, we're, right? <laughs> but still. But there has but been some, obviously. There has been some right. kids that like me that have been afraid and have been questioning, and they're so confident. But it's so funny to me that so far the most inspiring feedback has been from grown-ups because they themselves are like, trying to grasp, you right. know, what happens when we die. And they kind of need a child's, you know, in, uh, children's book to kind of, you know, peek and get permission to go back to their own, you know, um, playful <laughs> yeah. nature, I suppose, about it. So it is so heavy. heavy but, but I've had people saying, oh, my gosh, everybody, you know, this needs to be like a, a, a textbook in school so that yeah. people can just free. And it's not because I don't think it's so much the book itself, even though I did my very best with it, it's the right. concept that we can freely talk about what happens when we die and that it's a colorful, supportive yeah. experience because we've only looked at it from our physical reality, which is loss and bleakness. Mm. And, right. and I'm not diminishing the grief because no. there's some real tragic circumstances of that course. people really have to process. But that, if that other side is just constantly, you know, glimmering through and if that has more um, conversation, then I think we begin to have a new approach to death and, and make it yeah. find its proper place. Because, you know, none of us get out of here alive. So, <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah. last I, not last I heard. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but that, it's yeah. funny how adults want to see this book. They, they want mm -hmm. to bring it to their kids. And, oh, yeah, I have grandkids now. And, and my little uh, grandson, he's so cute. He, he looks at all the pages and he's just like, that's Golden Land. And there's yeah. Golden Land again. And <laughs> oh, that's sweet. But that is just so natural. You really can it see is. that they recognize the feeling of it, like a natural yes. part of their being. And yeah, grown-ups are noticing They remember. They a lot of them yeah. remember, right? Yeah. Because they're not too yeah. far since they've been on this planet from being there. It's like when we're older, we're like, yeah. you know, we get crotchety and cynical. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. That's what I've actually noticed, that the grown-ups are having the big healing aha because uh -huh. they're remembering as well, and they're finding positivity in a way that they haven't kept it alive. Yeah. So it's interesting. It seems to be affecting whoever reads it. So. 
I'll, I'll I mean, see more. Yeah, you will. Well, since it's only been basically, what, two, three months already, you're going to, I'm sure you're yeah. going to see more and more. Yeah. And what is the, um, some of the um, um, reactions from your children, like your own children? Was it like, just like, oh, mom, I'm not surprised you did this. Like, this is just, you know, we grew up talking about this kind of stuff. So of course you would do something like this. Your family yeah, but it's stuff. funny how you're you're um, teaching manifesting and everything. But there was like several phases of this book that I really I, I told you it was like my life journey to grow up mm-hmm. and let my you know my spiritual nature kind of integrate with my my physical self because uh-huh. I wanted in the beginning to get this book out, but I I realized now that it was more of an ego based statement. Like, look, this needs sure. to go out there. It healed me, whatever. It was more about I can do it, and and it was mm-hmm. very much blocked every step of the way it was just the timing wasn't right or it just didn't find mm-hmm. it out but to the point that I got actually really frustrated with it and mm-hmm. I realized that I didn't want to do any more of it I parked it mm-hmm. on the shelf and it was yeah. funny because I had I had a true desire to get it out there but I, I, I was trying to make it on my own effort and it wasn't succeeding yeah. and so it was a manifesting lesson for me to let it up to, to God and or universal spirit, mm-hmm. however you relate to it, and, and let it find its journey with the right timing. And then I ended up becoming the artist for an Angel Quest Oracle deck with Karen Noe, mm-hmm. who was an angel medium. And um, mm-hmm. that one thing led to the next, and then this book just resurfaced all in its own, just like my husband mentioned it, and the publisher said, can we see it? Three days later, I had the contract, and it was just wow. like, bam, it was like, oh my gosh, here it goes. That's how, that's that how it happens. Let, <laughs> yeah, I had let it go so completely that it was right. clearly the book needing to go out for the message that it has for people. And at that point, it had nothing to do with me anymore, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I had had enough of a rich life journey to understand that I was also living its message. And it wasn't, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't a book that, you know, has to tell any one person's story. It was a book that talks about the reality of a spiritual realm that underlies our existence. And it was getting me out of the way. And then it was getting published on its own kind of feeling. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's how yeah. it happens because when we're trying to force something, and yeah. we're not either we're not ready for it or it's not ready right. or the world isn't ready. You know, we yeah. think we know better. Right. But and that's yeah. when you do. You have to take a step back and you have to say, you know what? I just got to say, OK, universe. All right. Yeah. Oh God, I'm open to whatever. I am not going to force so it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that and that's one part of it. If I yeah. look at it, though, I had to actually let the book die. Isn't that funny? It's yeah. Yeah. The book I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to because <sighs> you funny. don't know the big impact. See, you don't you don't see the impact of your work. You'll never see the full impact of your work. All you know is your job was to create it put yeah. it out there and let it go. And whatever, right. wherever it's meant to fly is where it's meant to fly. And yeah. it may not, it may not have been the right time. Like, that's why I always say when people who make postcards and they're like, why didn't it, it's not happening. Yeah. Or it hasn't, right. Like there's a reason just have trust and divine timing is really essential. So let God or the universe or your angels or whatever you believe work on the the when and the how and you just keep going on with your life right and, and enjoy you your know, life that's so true mm-hmm. and for so much of that it's it's nice feedback and nice you know um uh, confidence building you know lessons but I wasn't 
living them. I had to actually learn to have the trust. I had to actually mm-hmm. learn to let the book go. And so yeah. I couldn't just intellectually say, oh, yeah, I'll just trust because I wasn't. You know, right. I had to let it go. And then it found its own expression. So that was really good for me to realize that I had to learn to understand mm-hmm. what the right. book was about for my yeah. own life, through my own life experience. So it was very yeah. cool. Yeah, you have to do that. Like when my book came out, it came out right before COVID. So the timing was not good, right? So now Mm. we're three and a half years later. And then one day, all of a sudden, somebody said something in my head and said, you should read the book on, you should start reading some of the, you should read it, just read it online, just read it, put on social media. And I went, all right. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> so I just decided to because whoever needs to hear what I put in the book that I want to talk about is going to get the message, and that's the person who needs to hear it, and however they're going to yeah. hear it from there. you know. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to trust that because that's how Postcards to the Universe was born. I heard it. It just came right. to me one day, and I just started from there, and it hasn't led me astray. You know, it's always right. led me exactly where I need to go. So I've gotten it's better. It's on its own journey and you're following it's on, along. Right. It's mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> on its own journey and I'm following the clues. I'm going to take that if you don't mind. I'm going to use that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's how I've experienced it too. And that's mm-hmm. been really beautiful to surrender myself to that so that I don't mm-hmm. have to have all the answers up front anymore. And I can kind of stay aware and, and, and like, we just said, follow yeah. the journey and follow the clues. Follow the, but so it's been a beautiful you, journey. journey good, mm-hmm. good, good. Yeah. So you mentioned something about doing the angel quest. So I was going to ask you how you became an illustrator doing um, these angel oracles, because they sound really, really interesting. I love oracle decks. I, I am like one oh. of those people that I, I'm, an, I'm a collector. I don't even oh, necessarily need to know how the oracles work. I just like, I'll see them and I'm like, oh, I, I need another set, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually a really um, educational process for me as well, because it taught me. I was I was uh, contracted to make all the artwork, and then Karen Noe is the, an angel medium from New Jersey. Okay. She has a two-year waiting list, and so she realized oh, that wow. she didn't have a deck of her own, and she's mm-hmm. constantly interacting, and so she came up with the words, and she's the one who contacted me. It was a Sunday morning. I remember she woke up in the morning, and she felt that the angels had, had told her. She she knew of me because she had used my husband as a publicist for her previous books, and so uh, the angels... Okay put her an inspiration in her heart that she needed to contact me. So I got that message and I was like, Oh my God, that's been what I've been wanting to do. I just didn't know with who. So the, the two made a match and we, we got to work and it was a really good learning process because um, that in itself was a lot of, I, I struggled with that same question. Who am I to you know paint mm-hmm. all these angel messages when I don't know for sure, like what it really um, embodies. So I made sure that every time I had that feeling, I would go to the place inside of me where I needed to experience it. So the deck is really coming from a place of almost like, um, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like symbolism or just a message that holds an energy again, so that it reminds you of the energy from the other side, rather than it traditionally depicts just angels because so many Mm -hmm. people have interpreted angels and who are we to say this is what they look like or that's what they look like so it's very much about i believe the the language of spirit is a language of symbolism and so it has a lot of symbolism in the artwork and so each artwork each piece of art can really take on its message to that level but there was a point in it that we really both got stuck and so she would take that 
to her altar and then get a message from the angel you'd be working with, like that was for us, you know, like one of us yeah. confidence. It's like it's time to break through your your own hang ups and let your artwork, you know, that sort of stuff. And so yeah. it was like move us through the feelings and the, but the beautiful thing of it was is that at the end when the deck came out which is just recently about a year and a half ago um, mm-hmm. I got it at home and I, I pulled it out and I used it with my whole family every person got a message that was so spot on and I realized oh my god it mm-hmm. had gotten bigger than the sum of its parts it was not yeah. just artwork and beautiful messages it had taken on a life that really conveyed the truth of spirit and, and the support of your angel network and the support mm. of your own higher self. And it was exciting. I realized yeah. that my gosh, we are just players in a bigger, in a bigger, uh, universe and that, you know, we're being used for our talents to get positivity into the world and to get people inspired to find their gifts and their connections to it. I love that. I'm actually in process of creating my own Oracle deck with my own photos. Oh, cool. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's, it's, it's interesting. So I'm just curious, like, what is your process? So like when you sat down as an artist and people who are listening who are artists, like what's your process? Like when you were creating this, did you feel like you were getting like the angels were talking to you directly and saying, Marie Antoinette, I want this to look like this like is that how you felt it was going through you when you were doing these that's a little bit of both it was definitely (laughs) I I experienced a lot through my dreams my dreams are very lucid and so I I do get messages through that and so some of the paintings I got direct uh, like um you know images of what I needed to paint or what it needed to feel like other other stuff because there's 44 cards in here so they didn't all happen like that some of them was just me paying attention to like what I was struggling with in my mm-hmm. life, and then how I was breaking through it. And it was always, you know, because I have a developed language of working with, you know, spirituality and symbolism. Mm-hmm. And so I would pay attention to what got me through and I would feel the support of the angels behind that. So those are the more, you know, more abstract or psychological images, perhaps. But mm-hmm. um, they are, they are all definitely experienced firsthand, every one of them, yeah. Mm, nice nice I mean just just beautiful well I can see that from your work if you check out her website you'll see the her her style of art and I could see how that that's your that would happen those insights would come to you and that inspiration yeah you like to start with the left brain mapping it out with everything you know and inevitably you get stuck right you're like okay now what this is only taking it so far and then comes the point where you just have to let it go and then the inspiration comes flooding in to just take it to the next level and that's kind of how my process happens it's like you know birth of anything you know you're a creator yeah it's it's hard to describe Mm -hmm. like when people say like well what makes you photograph whatever how you photograph and I can't really put it in words it's just I don't know I just get called things come to me ideas and I it's like more it's become more intuitive now so it's like I can't Mm -hmm. really describe it in a, yeah, in like a physical sense, and yeah. So but then I, I you would it. use your left brain with everything you know about photography and how right, to make of the course. right. Of So it's really right. a melting of both halves of the brain, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, it that's really how is. It is for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. what other messages do you want um, the listeners to get today from, from about you, about the work that you do, about your latest book? Um, yeah, uh, Danny's Day in Heaven, NDEs. Like, what what do you want to leave us with? Because we only have, I think, like five minutes. So, I want to make sure oh. you get to share your message. I know we yeah. can talk for like hours. Okay, right, good. <laughs> it's really fun. 
Well, that's a big question, but I suppose uh, the same way, because we talked about that, how this is really just, um, we are participating in this journey, and that this book and, and the angel deck, and you know, especially this book, Danny Saint Heaven, it's meant to help us remember how powerful mm-hmm. we are from our own spiritual perspective, and how we are guided by God, angels, the higher self, you know, the spiritual realm to make our lives work, to make our gifts matter, to make, you know, our contributions that we, I think we envisioned, you know, before we even got born. And then, you know, mm-hmm. when the world takes over, you kind of forget a little bit. So I'm hoping that my work and uh, any of those, you know, images will, will prompt the, the confidence in the, in the listener to grow and to, to feel their own potential and to you know, to activate their own spiritual connection to a new level so they can contribute mm-hmm. what their heart wants to contribute. Because mm, that's that. what I yeah, feel like yeah. I learned and I enjoy I myself. Yeah. Good. And so I hope that you... very much for children. So that yeah. especially when fear, because fear is one of the worst that blocks yes. everything. It blocks your creativity. It blocks your freedom to love and live. And that's what this main thrust is. Please don't be afraid of death. Death is a doorway and it's nothing to be afraid of because you don't lose, you transform. You transform into love, light, and consciousness. And you stay yourself, but you, you can't take your physical body with you. Right. Nor can anybody who dies, but that's the extent of it. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. What, is, what enough, is your dream? Yeah. What is your dream for your book? What do you what do you imagine? Where do you imagine it could go? What do you imagine doing with it? Or that you could do with well. It. In all honesty, when it when mm-hmm. it, I had to let it die, you know, about mm-hmm. ten years ago, I gave up the dreams with it because I realized mm-hmm. that I, the book had to find its own way out. And now that it found its way out, it's kind of like your kids, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't dream all the dreams for your kids. You let your kid find the dreams. So I haven't taken it back to that level. But of course, and my wish is that everybody in the world gets to read it. So they all lose their, their fear of death, and and we can right. start creating from that place of love and wonder. And that would yeah. make the world such a cool place. So I would hope that it could take it in that direction. But I, in all honesty, I've let it go a little bit because yeah. um, the book and what I what said before, I, I'm surprised that, you know, I'm loving it that the timing is now because with all the COVID and all the, the yeah. depression and the, the, the darkness out there, I'm loving it that this is the right time and that the book has finally found its way into the world so that people yeah. can feel its comfort. My hope is that it comforts people. Well, yeah, yeah, and I don't see how. I mean, it's very, it's very easy to read. I mean, what's what's the? I'm I mean, as far as for publishers, what's the what is the age um, range of this book? I mean, anybody can read it, but Six you know, publishers like. Old. Yeah, yeah, publishers like to have like a okay, it's for this group, you know, that's how they market it. Yeah, so. yeah, right. So officially, it's for six to ten year olds, but it's really for okay. people of all ages. And mm-hmm. I suppose my dream, answering that question, my dream is that it becomes a staple on everybody's bookshelf. So that yeah. we can embrace the power of our own spirit and face the fear of death and, and begin creating the love that we have, all of us. It would, yeah, it would be great if it was, you know, in schools, if if kids could read it, it would in elementary be so school. Great. Right? Oh, yeah. And then they could That'd have a discussion so with each other yeah. and a teacher. Yeah, that would be that really, would be really so good. Cool. I think so too, because not yeah. only is it about not being afraid of what happens after we die, it also has a great message for kids who are being bullied or who are bullying, and that's yeah, a big problem right. in schools. So it's like a double edge, right? You yeah, need thank you. I like that. Thank you for helping me articulate that. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that too. Okay, so Marie, what's the best way for people to to get in touch with you? 
Well, I have a website that has my email on it, and that's like you mentioned earlier at mm-hmm. makfineart.com. Mak is my initials, but yeah, it could stand for make. And so um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook on those handles, Mak Fine Art hashtags, I guess. And okay. um, yeah, that would be great. Great. Be great well, it was people. such a pleasure. So, guys, thank you. Thank you. It was so thank wonderful. you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. And I'm wishing everyone a wonderful week filled with joy, abundance, and love. Peace.